in this episode of Euktropolis, an exploding spaceship, and what that has to do with ukulele. Welcome back to the Euktropolis podcast for more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions. These are questions from students at euktropolis.com, and that's where you'll find a library of unique online ukulele courses like Booster Uke, The Ukulele Way, Ukulele X, and the Jehui Teacher Certification Program. I'm your host, James Hill. I don't know if you tuned into this news story, but just a few hours ago, SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's uh, rocket company, they launched a rocket called Starship, huge heavy lifter rocket, and it exploded. It exploded into a giant fireball when it tried to land after the test flight. Nobody was hurt. It was an unmanned flight. And I love this uh, CNN headline. It says, A SpaceX rocket just exploded. It was still a success. (laughs) I I just love the optimism of that, you know, that you have to make all these mistakes if you're going to break new ground and discover new planets and civilizations and, you know, all this great sci-fi stuff. Well, you got to have a few crashes and burns along the way. And I think that's true of music, as well as rocket ships. And of course, I couldn't help but think of my course, Booster Uke, as I'm watching this footage of this this starship taking off. Booster Uke is the course that we're going to focus on today. We're going to have three student questions from, from that course. Booster Uke is all about chord twins. This is something I love to teach. It's something that is really fun to learn because it provides sort of an alternate path for beginners. Beginners get super frustrated because after they've learned the easy stuff, C, F, and G7, well, after that, they're they're kind of thinking, well, where to from here? And a lot of people get stuck at that point. They get stuck on what I like to call the beginner's plateau. And for the next who knows how many weeks, months, or years, they're kind of stuck in this holding pattern, just kind of treading water with C, F, G7, and maybe the occasional A minor. But, you know, they're not sure where to go from there. Booster Uke shows a different path. Booster Uke is based on the amazing fretboard phenomenon of chord twins. And chord twins are two chords that look almost identical and that sound great together. And I'm not going to go into the whole course here, but you know, as an example, um, you might have something like G6. That's 0202. It looks like a, a G chord with a hole in the middle. <laughs> you just play a G chord and then you lift the ring finger and you get this jazzy G6 chord. Well, if you take G6, You jump it across to the other two strings, you get D7. Now, those two chords 
are played with the same chord shape. It just moves laterally across the strings to give you two great sounding chords that pair up really nicely and, um, and are really practical. You can use them in a lot of songs. That's what Booster Uke is all about. And so we're going to jump into a question here from Lesson 3. Uh, this is a, the, a lesson on the jazzy twins. These twins are uh, F and C9, by the way. Um, this question is from Muhammad, and he says, Dear James, the strumming pattern that I'm playing here is down and up, uh, but it doesn't sound quite like the pattern that you're playing. So can you please tell me what is the pattern that you are playing in this piece? Well, the song that we're learning in this in this particular lesson is called Little Liza Jane. It goes like this, in case you don't know it. It goes, I got a gal and you got none. Little Liza Jane, I got a gal who calls me hun. Little Liza Jane, oh, Eliza, little Liza Jane, oh, Eliza, little Liza Jane. <laughs> okay, that note is so high, that oh, Eliza, whew. All right, I think I got it, though. I've been using some new uh, some new singing techniques that my sister Julia has been uh, showing me. She's a an opera singer, so she would know. And I, I think I'm starting to get it. Anyway, <laughs> sometimes they tell me, you know, opera singers sometimes they kind of like almost scare themselves because when they sing super high notes, their their skulls kind of vibrate in a weird way. <laughs> I think that just happened to me. Anyway. Uh, lesson three, the Jazzy Twins, Little Liza Jane. I get a lot of questions, actually, about this strum. And if I just play the strum on its own, never mind those very high notes. That, that kind of gives it this, this jazzy bounce to it. And if I just break it down and slow it down, it's just a long beat and two short beats. Long, short, short, long, short, short, long, with a bit of a swing to it. Um, in the old-time banjo community, they call this rhythm bum-diddy, because it's bum-diddy, 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 bum-diddy. It's exactly the same rhythm you hear in the first measure of the lyric. I got a gal. Bum diddy bum, and somehow that that rhythm just filters into so many styles of music. There's something kind of just uh, primal about it. How it it just drives the music forward. Bum diddy bum diddy bum diddy. Long short short long short short long. It's the same rhythm you hear in uh, traditional. Uh, French Canadian fiddle music with the feet, the rhythm of the feet. Tap, tip, a tap, tip, a tap, tip, a tap. I love this kind of music. And that rhythm, that one rhythm, just keeps the party going, you know, all night if you're playing fiddle tunes. And it's the same rhythm that I'm using here in this strum. So to put it into a ukulele context, it's really just down, down, up, down, down, up, down, down, up, down. That's all I'm doing. I think the reason why I get a lot of questions about this strum is because 
I'm playing it kind of fast. And I'm also muting on the two uh, faster beats. So it's like strum, mute, mute, strum, mute, mute, strum, mute, mute, strum. And on those two muted uh, beats, those ones there, I'm doing that mute by letting my left hand fingers flop down gently onto the strings so that the that when I strike the strings, you don't get any pitched sound, just like that. And I think that's the thing that throws people off. They hear this kind of muted percussive element in there and can't quite figure out what it is, especially when it's going fast. Let me play it slow for you and see if it makes more sense. It's strum, mute, mute, strum, mute, mute, strum. Okay, so that takes a bit of coordination and practice, but when I slow it down like that, some of the mystery comes out of it. You know, you can kind of hear exactly what I'm doing. Some of the confusion around muting is that, uh, you know, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but some people do muted strums with the right hand by, by using the palm uh, or the sort of chucking technique to mute the strings with the same hand that's strumming it. I don't tend to use that technique. I let the left hand mute the strings, which keeps the right hand free to move uh, in any way that it wants. It's not saddled with this extra job of trying to mute the strings at the same time. So if you were trying to play this strum using a, a right hand chucking kind of muting technique, I can see how this would be really confusing because it would be hard to imagine how that would happen using a right hand mute. So I hope that by slowing this down and, and breaking it down into its components that you can see, or at least you can hear and imagine how this works. And, um, and now you won't be so mystified by that strumming pattern when you hear it in Little Liza Jane and other tunes where it, where it might fit. So Muhammad, I hope that helps. I hope that clarifies some of what I'm doing there with this strum in lesson three. Our next question comes to us from Colleen, and she's reading through the preface to Booster Uke, and she's making some comments here before she even gets into the lessons. She says, I've got some formal music theory background, up to grade two piano, way back in primary school. I can still read music, but that's about all, she says. I picked up the ukulele about two weeks ago, but became quickly befuddled by the enormous range of books and tutorials available online. I'm hoping this course will give me some direction. I love this instrument. Well, Colleen, I hear you. I, it's funny, you know, back in 2002, 2003, when I was just starting out uh, being a professional ukulele player and putting myself out there, 
I was getting emails from people regularly through my website, and they were saying, hey, I just fell in love with ukulele. I can't find any books. I can't find any websites. I don't know where to go to find resources and get better at playing this instrument. I found some old sheet music you know, in a box in my grandfather's attic, and that's it. That's all I can find. So please help me. What do you recommend? And then fast forward 10 years, maybe 2012-ish, you know, in that area, and people were emailing me with the exact opposite problem. They were saying, hey, I just fell in love with the ukulele. Maybe I got one for Christmas or I got one for my birthday. And then I went online and then I got completely confused because there were so many websites, so many books, so many tutorials. I just don't even know which way to turn. You know, please help. And it was amazing to see the the change over the course of those 10 years as the ukulele really uh, exploded. And we, we saw the, the rise of this third wave of the ukulele's popularity. Uh, that was an incredible change. It was a tectonic shift over a, a very short period of time. And all of that was kind of in the back of my mind when I started developing my first sort of learning ecosystem, which was the ukulele way, back when it was just its own website, not part of ukutropolis.com. And the ukuleleway.com was my first attempt at creating uh, a biosphere of learning where you'd have lessons, you'd have videos, you'd have sheet music, you had a community, you could ask questions, you know, and you know, Q&A that would go back and forth with me and students, etc. It was really the prototype for what we now have on Euctropolis. But I had some decisions that I had to make right off the bat uh, about what kind of environment I wanted to create. And you know, without going too far into it, the options are you can have a, a free website, but a free website, as we all know, is not really a free website because most of those are uh, covered in advertising. You think of um, recipe blogs and stuff like that. Anne, my wife, is is always looking at recipes online. She's a great cook. And she's always having to scroll through like 15 ads before she actually gets to the, the actual recipe that she's looking for. And unfortunately, I mean, I think, unfortunately, some blogs and, and ukulele learning sites have had to go this way in order to pay the bills, or at least they felt that that's the way they had to go. I was always interested in creating sort of a, a safe haven for learning and sharing of information. And I always thought of uh, the example of the public library as the, the ultimate, you know, somewhere you could, you could go, it was open to anyone. Uh, at least there was some parts of it that were open to anyone and any, anyone could try it out for free. It's quiet. It's a place of uh, concentration and reflection and focus and uh, genuine interaction. You know, I thought, how can I create that online? And one of those ways, I guess, is to is to say no to ads. And if you say no to ads, then you have to, you know, people have to pay a little bit 
um, monthly or they they pay a one-time fee to get access. But I've always thought that that was worth it, both from the standpoint of having to pay the bills and having to keep the lights on uh, in the business, but also from the perspective of the students having this shelter from all the noise that's out there, all the noise that's out there on the internet when it comes to music learning and ukulele learning. Because I know what it's like. I mean, when I go on YouTube now and I'm searching for an ukulele artist or I'm searching for a particular technique, it is overwhelming. And and there, there are so many threads that you could follow and there's so much fragmentation of the information that um, it just inspires me again to go back to the basics of creating really solid sequential material that people can follow at their own pace, on their own time, and connect with others throughout that process. So, Colleen, that's a that's a long answer to, I am also hoping <laughs> that this course will give you that direction that you're looking for and that place to focus, to connect to material that is really high quality and to connect with students who are also invested in learning more about this amazing instrument. So, Colleen, good luck to you. Thank you for being part of Euctropolis, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you as you progress in your learning journey. I'm going to finish here today with a comment from Jonathan, who was a student of Booster Uke, and he's just finished the course. And he says, I've just completed the Booster Uke course as a beginner who previously knew only about five or six basic chords. I enjoyed learning these more complex chords, and I particularly liked your choice of music in the later lessons. He says, being able to start by learning to play cool songs like St. James Infirmary Blues and Careless Love was so much more satisfying, for me at least, than the basic standards that are the usual fare for beginners. Well, first of all, Jonathan, congratulations on getting through all the lessons. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much, especially the, the later lessons where things get even more interesting. And I just want to focus on what Jonathan says here about playing cool songs like St. James Infirmary Blues and Careless Love. I think those are cool songs too. I think they're really fun and they are beyond what a beginner thinks they can do. And that's the key to Booster Uke. And that's why it's such a fun method to teach is that beginners hear these songs and they just assume because they're more jazzy or they're more bluesy, uh, that they can't do that. Beginners put so many limits on themselves. Uh, But often, when you look more closely at what the tune actually is, you find that there is a pathway there for beginners. And that's what Booster U is all about. If you don't know Careless Love, 
It's based on what I call the Porter Twins. I'm not going to teach the whole lesson right now, but I, I do want to play a little bit of it and show you, and also Jonathan, that this lesson in particular is not just about the piece that you're learning here, but there are many, many songs that can be played with these same chords and in this same progression. So, Careless Love goes... Love, oh love, oh careless love Love, oh love, oh careless love Love, oh love, oh careless love See what careless love has done great song in and of itself but also a template for so many other songs for example oh when the saints go marching in oh when the saints go marching in same chord progression or you could play um, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes same chord progression she'll be coming round the mountain she'll be coming round the mountain she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes so this is fun i mean you've got partner songs to go over top of careless love and you can split between yourself and friends or yourself and friends and family we're heading into a time of year when making music together is what it's all about and this is something that I could see just sitting around and jamming over the holidays and trying to see how many of these kinds of partner songs you can find and in fact if you know some others that go over this chord progression I hope you'll share them at eutropolis.com in our community so what I'm gonna do for a grand finale in this episode is by the power of modern recording technology I'm going to sing Careless Love two or three times and each time you'll hear another partner song layered over top so here we go with the first one a one two three oh when the love oh love go marching in love Oh, when the saints go, oh, love, oh, careless love. Oh, how I love to love, oh, careless love. When the saints go, oh, careless love has done. All right, let's try another one. She'll be love round the love. Oh, care. She comes, love. 
She'll be loving round, loving round, careless love. She'll be loving round, loving round, She'll be seeing what has done. All right, one more just for kicks. Above my head. There's music in the air Up above my head Love, oh love, There's careless Up above my head There's music in the air I really do believe What careless love has done What cares love has done There you go, Jonathan. Just a taste of what you can do as you move beyond Booster Uke and into the next stage of your ukulele adventure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Uketropolis podcast. Come back next week for more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions. These are all questions from students at uketropolis.com. And between now and next week, go ahead and pop over to uketropolis.com. Check out our library of unique online ukulele courses like Ready Steady Ukulele, Booster Uke, The Ukulele Way, Ukulele X, ukulele in the classroom so many options to choose from depending on what you're looking for my name is james hill i'll talk to you again next week and in the meantime keep on strumming